Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Recorded live. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Tom Euford here with Tom's Take. My co-host, Tyler Davenport, is standing in the wings. And we are on APRI. Um, and I am glad to be here. Tyler, how you doing, buddy? Well, I'm doing, man. I'm I'm just excited about spring, and uh, that's I'm yeah. really, 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 really excited about spring. You know, that's that's something that I can't I can't say enough of. I'm 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 tired of uh, this winter being stuck up on the mountain, as they say. Well, you know, I'm glad you had a winter because we didn't. Really? No. We it, it, everything started blooming early. We didn't have a freeze. We didn't have a snowfall, and the bugs, the the um, everything's blooming early, and people's sinuses and uh, allergies are going nuts, and it's going to be a horrendous summer. Well, don't get me don't get me started on you know, the old weather modification thing, but it's got to have something to do with it. Plus our industrial age has got to have a little bit to do with it. You know, even though our atmosphere is so thin and our globe is, is, is much smaller than we believe when it comes to pollution. And I think that pollution does have a lot to do with that. So certainly, you know, I'm not a climate denier. Um, Oh, I'm far from that. Yes. Yeah. And so there's a lot of folks that would like us to believe that, we the, we, the people, have nothing whatsoever to do with anything concerning the weather whatsoever. Well, that's another subject for another show. Yeah, it is, of course. Well, today's the day after Super Tuesday number three. And let me tell you, everything's going as predicted. Donald Trump racked up. Hillary Clinton racked up. They're now basically presumptive nominees. They've started taking pot shots at each other. And, you know, what the interesting fact I found from yesterday's election uh, in the primaries is that between, depending on which exit poll you looked at from which state, 40 to 65 percent of those polls, whether they be Republican, Independent, or Democrat, said they were completely unsatisfied with the uh, presumptive nominees and would entertain a third-party alternative. Well, yeah, would entertain a third-party alternative. If we had have started that about 12, 15, 20 years ago, that would have been a great thing. We tried. Yep. Ross, Ross Perot tried. The Green Party tried. And we heard lots of great things during the Green Party movement that uh, I thought we were going to have a third party at that time. And then it just fizzled out as usual. And, of course, we, we only have one party now, but I'd like to see a second party. Mm-hmm. Well, seventy-five percent of a very few people even vote. <laughs> so. Yeah, I know. And uh, I think we're going to have high voter turnouts this year. 
not that that's going to make any difference. No. Because, you know, um, it's it's going to be one or the other, the same, the, the two sides of the same coin. And, you know, we're either going to have um, both presumptive nominees or both under legal investigation. And all that's going to, all that's going to come out during the summer, right after the conventions. So, you know, it's, it, and, and the unfavorability, they were talking about this tonight, the unfavorability ratings of both candidates are in the high fifties and Donald Trump is in the high sixties. And yet they're the people that everyone's flocking to, to go select as the next commander in chief. And, you know, I'm sitting here shaking my head going, you know, lesser of two evils. And it's, it's a crying shame. And, you know, they were talking to reporters from foreign countries earlier in the week who were just, it, it's, they're shaking their heads. They don't know what in the hell's going on. And it's not doing anybody a damn bit of good. And, you know, you and I were just talking earlier. We were trying to find a word to describe it. And I said, well, if 2016 fits any word, it's silly season for sure. And the sad part about it is we're all going to be the ones screwed in the middle. So, Well, welcome John McGuire to the show. John, are you there? I'm here. Thank you very much. Yeah. Hey, John, welcome to the show, my friend. Let me plug my set in here. Wait a minute. Yeah, Tyler, plug yourself in, buddy. John, how you doing? Not bad. You? Doing okay. well, thank you. I'm back, yeah. Yeah, I, I, like I said, I have, I have no words. I, you know, it's beyond me not to have any words. Um, I, this is true. I, I'm, I'm speechless about this whole damn thing. I can't imagine how we ever got this far, even though presidents are appointed. And of course, that keeps me going, keeps me juked up, knowing that presidents are appointed, and this is just three-ring circus for a bunch of fools who believe in, still believe in elections. But even at that, you would think the New World Order, the cabal, the Illuminati, you would think these guys and girls would have some sense enough to put someone in this appointment that would seem halfway professional and sensible and reasonable and logical and would be able to make sense on a podium. I mean, I'm wondering why they have done this. I'm wondering if they just think, I told John this the other night, I'm wondering if they just think the American people have completely gone bonkers and lost their damn mind and drank the Kool-Aid, and they're just having fun with us. Tyler, I honestly wouldn't put it past the idea that they've put both of these candidates up because either one is going to create a situation in this country of absolute revulsion and that's their plan. So you, so you really do. Now that's an interesting take on this. That's that's a very, very interesting take on this. Uh, so you think that they've possibly done this to create chaos and create a big problem, maybe even one bigger than we can imagine tonight on air, which is a so that they can it. march in, so that they can march in and solve the problem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's that's a possibility. Well, John and John and I both, we talk a lot about the cabal. We talk a lot about the New World Order. We talk a lot about the Illuminati. So he's one of, the, he's one of us, so to speak, uh, on my side. You're a little less on my side. We know that, uh, Tom. But, uh, John, what do you think about that uh, chaos theory that 
maybe they've just put these clowns in there to kind of just turn things upside down and topsy-turvy and, and just just see what the response is from the clueless sheeple people? Well, uh, I think Trump has been likened to Hitler, uh, and it doesn't uh-huh. just stop with the obvious uh, similarities. He's also, uh, like Hitler, contrary to what most people realize, a closet Zionist, a Zionist operative, a Zionist agent. And uh, this is shown by the fact that he has canceled his um, uh, talk at, uh, or his, he's, he's um, not going to the next debate in Salt Lake City. Instead, he's <laughs> going to an APAC convention, which hmm. is the American-Israeli Political Action Committee. Mm-hmm. So, uh, having, having worked uh, in Washington, I can tell you that that doesn't surprise me. APAC is the most powerful political action committee in Washington. I've been to one of their events, and I've written about it, and it doesn't surprise me at all. You are, are you acquainted with Cynthia McKinney? That name sounds very familiar. Well, she, uh, she, she, I guess, she's just the um, the one person I've come across who has been to Washington and is aware of the extent, or talks about the extent of of the Zionist lobby's uh, influence. Well, I was at one of their I, when I was when I was working on Capitol Hill um, as an intern. Um, we were in. There were three cocktail parties that uh, junior staff were actually invited to, and APAC was one of them. And I write about it in my book, Political Craps. And let me tell you, the black tide waiters. Um, the exquisite food, the open bars. Um, there must have been 3,000 people at this event. Um, it was, you know, next to um, the Washington Press Club night with the president. It is considered the event to go to in Washington on an annual basis. And these people don't spend that kind of money if they don't expect something in return. Of course not. That's what all this is about, anyway. The whole exactly, you know, the whole load is about uh, return on investment. Well, it also doesn't surprise how me. Come, how come none of the other candidates are going? You know. Well, let's put it this way: um, they're anti-Trump. Trump's not going because it's in Salt Lake City, which is Romney country. Okay. Wow. And um, you know. Um, the Mormon church has control of that area big time. So um, it doesn't surprise me. And, you know, Donald Trump is being, you know, he's, he's throwing out all this stuff now about, you know, whether we're going to have a contested convention or we're going to have, um, you know, um, the, the establishment's going to try and take away his um, presumptive nominee status, and there's going to be riots and all this other stuff, and they're talking about making comparisons to the Democratic Convention in 68, and we're just building up to this, and Donald Trump is playing them like fools, and you know, if I were Donald Trump, I would see no reason to go to the debate because you know he's, they're just going to ask him the same questions. He's just going to give the same answers, and that's exactly what he said earlier today, and he is pushing his pro-Israeli lobby at APAC. 
It's going to be a favorable audience for him. Um, so it's it's good, smart politicking. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I would. Somebody on the show the other night said, uh, "Do you think, Kyler, that uh, these candidates are aware of the New World Order, the Cabal's uh, uh, plan for America and the Illuminati, what they might be planning, what they might be doing?" And I said, "Well, if there's one of these candidates that does, it's Hillary Clinton." If there's one that doesn't, it's Donald Trump. I don't think Donald is in that secret, top secret loop. I think Hillary Clinton is definitely in that top secret, beyond top secret loop. So we have that going on also here. I would counteract they both are inside the loop, Kyler. Well, I'd, I'd, I'd say that Hillary's much, much deeper than I, and I may be cannot, dead wrong. I may be you dead cannot wrong. tell me that after 40 years of, you know, um, uh, playing Bob both Blue. sides, uh, playing both sides against the middle. That Donald Trump is not been on the inside. Okay, well, I know he's mobster. I know he's a he's mobster. been wheel, he's been wheeling and dealing with Democrats and Republicans, playing both sides against the middle, as he said, because he was a businessman and had to get along with everybody. Well, that's just you know that's a red flag for you know what he's getting what he wants and he's paying for it and he expects something in return. So for him to say that he's an outsider is a bunch of hogwash. I, I agree. I agree that he's not an outsider. I just don't think that he has the goop on certain high-profile people in government that Hillary Clinton does with her clearance. He didn't have the clearance that Hillary Clinton did. No. She had a beyond, beyond top-secret clearance, and he didn't have a clearance at all, hasn't had a clearance at all. He's had some Well, he also doesn't have some, he also doesn't have a clue. He says what he says off the top of his head. Right. And, you know, that's kind of scary with his finger on the button. Um, you know, so, I mean, you know, either one wins, this country's screwed, okay? So, you know, that's the whole reason I started my campaign, so that we could try and push a none of the above, which, of course, is not going anywhere, but that's okay. We're at least getting the, the, the ball rolling. And my goal is for 2020. Hopefully between now and then, and with the census coming out, um, I don't know if you saw the reports today, that there is a huge rush of immigrants who have been living in this country and have not pushed for their citizenship. They are signing up by the tens of thousands so that they can vote against Trump. I mean, we're talking... Four hundred, uh, six hundred and seventy-five thousand in um, Arizona, four hundred and seventy-five thousand in Nevada, um, one point two million in Florida. These people are going and they're getting signed up so that they can be citizens and vote in this election and vote against Trump. It's going to be a landslide. Pardon me for being Kyler Davenport, but it wouldn't make a popcorn fart in Florida whether they vote or not. They've already got the president appointed, but it's that's an interesting, very interesting figures that you just put out, though, Tom. Very yeah, I saw that. I saw those presidents, presidents already sealed and delivered, already done deal, over with, finished, finished, finito, been finished for a long time. Well, I mean, either one of them, you know, it doesn't matter who, which one wins, we're still going to have the same damn result. 
Yeah, but you know what? I can't see Hillary or him even being in these two positions they're in right now and being where they are right now. I can't understand how the American people have allowed this to happen. And I said that earlier in the show, and I've said it just now, and I'll probably say it again before the show's over. I can't imagine how in the hell that we have allowed this kind of shenanigan to take place. Even at the county levels, and even at the state levels, you would have thought somebody would have stood up and said, whoa, 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 whoa. No, Tyler, you you don't understand how the primary system works. You know, this is something I found very interesting. Uh, Last Sunday's episode of Inside Texas Politics, they were discussing the fact that county commissioners are the ones who decide how the primary balloting process goes, okay? And that's the way it is in a lot of states. And whoever is the majority party in the state legislature and this whole process, when you think about it, you know, Donald Trump is – Uh, going around saying, oh, the American people have decided. I've got millions and millions of people supporting me. Folks, i got news for you. Less than 40% of registered voters actually take part in the primary process. Uh So basically, you've got less than 40% of the registered voters in this country are deciding who the two electable candidates are going to be. Right. And then everybody jumps on the bandwagon on the November election. Well, guess what? Kyler's absolutely right. You've got less than 40% of those who participated in the primary process have decided who you get to choose. So it is an appointment. And these are the party faithful and the party regulars. And you do have a bunch of people who are jumping on the Trump bandwagon who've never voted for before or haven't voted in a very long time. And you've got a lot of people in the Bernie Sanders program uh, who, in both of these campaigns, you've got all these people that are all up in turmoil against Washington and against the establishment. The sad part of the thing is when they get to the White House, it's all going to depend on who's in Congress. And if we elect the same damn jerks we've been electing for decades, nothing's going to change. It's not. And I, and I would also – I would also like to add to that that we we spoke about this when I was talking about Jade Helm too last night or night before, whenever it was. They're also using all of this data to see which way the country's floating in one way or another. They're they're using all of this data and all of this input from Facebook to see what the country is thinking, which I don't think the country is thinking at all. But anyway, the government still uses this massive dose of data to see well, you and I have talked about going. the algorithms that they use, yes. Oh, we've talked about it in depth when I talked about Jade Helm, too, when John was on with me. Uh, yeah, we've, we've definitely covered that to the nth degree. We didn't even get to finish the show. It was so extensive. But uh, they do use I'm this curious. data to see where they're going. I'm curious. John, jump in here. What's your opinion of all this? Um. Well, in terms of in terms of what the strategy is for placing these people in front of us, you mean? Well, no, you're, you're just jump into the, the – Kyler and I have been dominating the conversation. I'm curious as to what your opinions on all this are. Well, um, I just – yeah, I tend to agree with you. I think that, uh, that they're probably more connected than they let on, than they look like. Um, I mean, it's possible that they're not, but that their handlers are. But, I mean, that's just nuance for me, you know. 
what's like going on with what's going on with Hillary Clinton's FBI thing? Does anybody know? I haven't had time to look. Well, I know that they've given the the guy who set up the server. They've given him immunity, and apparently, in the last week, they've been getting more details. Um, according to the emails that I've been getting, um, you, I think they're biding their time. Um, and, and look, look, everything in politics is timing. Okay, I don't know if they're waiting until the beginning of the summer or the middle of the summer, but uh, something's going to come out. I, I think something would have to come out. I almost and that's the same that. way with Donald Trump's investigations on Trump University. Um, the New York Attorney General's investigation, um, he is supposed to be depositioned in July after the convention, of course. And the California courts that are uh, uh, investigating Trump University, their investigations are supposed to begin sometime in August. Now, of course, this doesn't do a damn bit of good they're already going to be appointed as the presumptive nominees by their two conventions. Now, I'm, I'm thrilled to death, to be honest with you. I want to see what happens at the Republican convention. Mm-hmm. I am anxious as hell to see if it is a brokered convention or a contested convention. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I give um, Governor Kasich kudos for sticking it out, but to be honest with you, if it's between Trump and Cruz, God help us all, okay? Neither one of them. I mean, the Republican Party brand, Ronald Reagan is rolling over in his grave, mm-hmm. okay? And Nancy is there with him. And it's, it's, it's scary. The Reagan revolution just died, okay? It is dead. Mm-hmm. Well, did you hear the uh, interview with Trump's butler by any chance? I'll send no, it. I didn't. I'll send it to you tonight if I can find it. Uh, that was a very, very interesting interview with a very distinguished, uh, very distinguished man who's worked for Donald Trump for over 23 years. I think is he is. still working for him? Is he retired? Uh, I believe he is retired, and I believe you know I don't know exactly what happened there, why they got him on, but it was a great interview, and he said that Donald Trump was a very strong, very powerful, very rich, very. Uh, very uh what was his word studious uh kind of guy you know and he gets what he wants and he's a very respectful and he you know blah 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 and they asked him about trump university and he said we will let the courts decide that uh-huh. that it's not yeah. something that we will deal with in the media that we will let the courts decide on mr trump now my question is when do they seal the records and this is probably something that none of us here know at good question yeah, at what point do you think they seal the records as uh, Homeland Security will seal the records and say, okay, that's enough, it's enough, this is who we've chosen, this is who's going to be president, and we're going to in start both spinning, cases. spinning the media now. We're going to start spinning it out now. So Yeah, in both cases, you, Trump and Clinton, yeah. When do you think that might happen? And we all, none of us know, none, none of us know anything about this process, but let's just try to spin it off the top of our head. Well, you might know more than uh, anybody about this on the air here, Tom. Um, I would say September. Um, now, of course, in politics, we're always waiting for the October surprise. Okay, yeah. and um, you know, I learned a very long time ago from my mentor, um, Morton Blackwell, uh, when I was being trained on uh, dirty tricks in the Republican Party back in the 80s. 
Morton told me, he said, look, he said, elections are won in the last two weeks, and they're won or lost in the last 48 hours. So don't be surprised if both campaigns don't have an October surprise waiting in the background. Wow. Wow. You know, I told you that I've never been so excited about an appointment in my life. Never have I been so excited, just for the entertainment value for me, just just the entertainment value. I mean, this is such an entertaining moment for me. This is such a powerful moment for the country, and it's such a dangerous moment for the country. Thank you. I'm scared to death, actually. I am uh, I'm very, very concerned about the country at this point in time. It's like a bull in a china closet. A bull is getting ready to be loosed in a china closet. That, that's what I see it as. Well, I don't think it's just a bull. I think it's a bull in a, you know, um, um, Tyrannosaurus Rex. I mean, you know, so, I mean, you know, it's, it's like um, any way they turn, they're going to break something or shit on something, you know. <laughs> the sad part about it is we're the ones in the middle. I'm just going to ask you again, Tom. How did this happen? I feel like I'm in the twilight zone right now. I just, I honestly, I do. I Yep. How did um, this happen? You know, go ahead, John. I just came across this, and uh, this may just be all part of the show, folks. But um, there's an actor by the name of Jean Claude Van Damme. Yeah. Yes. And Paul Joseph Watson writes that he sensationally told the French political show that the Rockefeller and Rothschild families won't let Donald Trump win the presidency because he is an anti-globalist candidate. I thought that was interesting. That is interesting. He is anti-globalist. He's a pro-nationalist. He's pro-Trump. He's what he is. Thank you. Exactly. Pro-Trump all the way. Uh, You know, and I love all these people who think that you know, he knows about how making how to make money, and he's going to make us all rich. Well, that's a bunch of BS. <laughs> he, you know, he's going to make Donald Trump rich, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, and the thing is, I mean, you know, I, I keep going back to Jacksonian politics. I mean, I can see, you know, when Andrew Jackson became president, and they had this big falderall on the White House grounds when he was elected. Uh, people were running in and out of the White House. They destroyed things. Um, they, you know, had pistol duels on the on the grounds of the White House. They were all drunk, and, and you know, it was the great populist movement moving into the White House. Well, you know, I can just see something like that happening with Donald Trump. But I like John's, I, you know, this this point that he makes out. I honestly think, to be to be perfectly honest. I predict Hillary Clinton is going to win because there are so many people in this country that are scared to death of Donald Trump, and with good reason. The man strikes me. I mean, there are really close um, allegorical uh, descriptions of him and Hitler. I mean, I have never in all my 30-plus years of working in politics seen a candidate ask all of his supporters at a rally to put up their hands and swear to him their mm-hmm. loyalty. Mm-hmm. And that is – Hitler did the same thing when mm-hmm. he was coming into power, and then you've got you know, Hitler's – I mean you've got Trump's um, uh, you know, anti-immigrant um, squad that's going to go from street to street pulling people from their houses. I have a wonderful cartoon that I just put in my Divine uh, Magazine article 
that you know it shows you know it, it it's a wonderful cartoon they've got this huge picture of trump and it's all in red and black and trump flags are flying everywhere and uh, they get the brown-shirted squads dragging people out of their houses and escorting Muslims across the border and all this other stuff. And it's it's really scary because Donald Trump is dictatorial in style. I mean, his whole um, you know reality TV personality of you're fired. Um, you know, I I wouldn't put it past him to try to pass martial law. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if things got far enough out of hand, he would in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. See, that's what I think. And it wouldn't have to get very far out of hand at all for him to push that button. Uh, Hillary Clinton, on the other hand, no, she would not. And, uh, you know, the only thing here is uh, he is so anti-Islamic and uh, in his own in his own way. Uh, he comes across as anti-black, anti-Mexican, anti-homosexual, anti-Islamic. And then on the other hand, you've got Hillary Clinton, who's flipped on the gay marriage issue seven or eight yeah. different times. You've got – she's flipped on on so many issues, it's unbelievable. It would fill up ten pages on I what know. she's flipped on. Uh, but people forget those things. They have short memories, and there's so many people that love Hillary Clinton that I've talked to. They just adore her. She, I mean, I she can't do any wrong. She can't. They don't even want to hear about the FBI. And I've talked to well, a lot. Well, the same way with Trump supporters. The same way with Trump supporters. Yeah. And you know, everyone keeps asking, how did they attack Trump and actually get something that will stick to him? And I keep tweeting. Facts, facts, facts. You attack him with facts because mm-hmm. every time you throw facts at him, he just accuses you of being an idiot. Or, oh, yeah. He runs and calls the police and tells you to be hustled on out or whatever. Exactly. You know, I mean, you know, yeah. so, I mean, yeah. you know. Rhetoric is all he talks. Rhetoric, 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 rhetoric. Well, and that's what the American people, they want. They want these 30-second sound bites. You know, I saw another cartoon today that says, oh, we like Trump. He uses small, small sentences. <laughs> now I will say I will say go ahead John. Oh, I was just gonna say doesn't Hillary use small sentences? <laughs> no, well, actually, our, actually she loves to ramble on about herself being so. She's honest. more of a she's right. more of a wonky than than anything than Trump is. God for sake! But she started using. I mean, um, uh, in her victory speech last night, I mean, she had a wonderful statement that I thought. Uh, was wonderful when she said, you know, any president, any presidential candidate that is anti-women, anti-Muslim, anti-immigrant isn't strong. He's just wrong. Mm -hmm. And I think that's going to be one of her slogans throughout the campaign. Mm -hmm. And I think that was probably the best 30-second soundbite that she's had throughout this entire primary process. Now, you know what I predicted. Go ahead, John. Oh, I was just saying, she's getting to that age where he sounds like a little boy, like her voice. And it sounds like, I mean, she sounds exactly like Cinder. Remember, if anyone's seen uh, uh, The Incredibles? She just sounds like a villain. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I've seen The Incredibles. <laughs> well, you know, and that was the other interesting that was the other interesting. that was the other interesting thing the pundits pointed out today, that both of these candidates, one is 68 and one is 69. Uh, yeah. You know, call age hasn't funeral. even come into this whole issue yet. Call the funeral home. <laughs> Thank you. You know, and their VP nominees, that's what I'm waiting to see. 
Well, now, Hillary, as you know, I have some contacts with Hillary's people, and she's got so much dirt, it's piled up on people, agents, NSA, DOD, DOJ, OSI, Interpol. She has got so much dirt in her little black book, it would fill up a dump truck or two. Well, she has Oh, my God, does she have the dirt? Does she have the goop? Has she made the deals? Has she allowed the deals to be made? Has she signed off on the deals to be made? If she is not prosecuted, I would say that it's going to be because of her little black book. And Donald has his own little black book, too, of course. Thank you. Information is power, and both of these people know it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, let, 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 let's, let, let's just look at the, 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 the standard that, I mean, how, how far, how much lower can we go here? I mean, you know. Trump reminds me of the McCarthy era. Well, thank you. The, you know, you know we, <laughs> we don't have – we don't have a commie under every bed now. We've got a terrorist under every closet. In yeah, every I closet. I mean, you know. Because <laughs> the communists won, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, the communists didn't win. John, we put a McDonald's in Red Square. Russia's democratic now. Don't you know that? I mean, come on. <laughs> Same way we went well, for Iraq. Not in Russia, of course. Well, I mean, you know. <laughs> We we we've, thought we've that we, with we, Russia, haven't we? Yeah, I know. And we thought if we put a McDonald's and an Arby's in in uh, downtown uh, um, uh, Iraq, you know, that it was going to be democratic too. So I mean, you know, hey, McDonald's always don't forget the problem. Russia just nationalized their central bank. What about that? Oh, that's not surprising. You know, and it's probably their 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 trustees of the bank are probably Putin appointees. Yeah, of course. Well, not, does that mean they're not in bricks anymore? Is it just dicks now? There you go. <laughs> I don't know. You know, Putin, well, made a, Putin made a statement that he's just going to wait for America to boil over and let everybody roll down the river. Uh huh. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna let Israel just hollow us out. That's what he said. And every. <laughs> He well, said, I'm just going to wait. I'm just going to sit back and watch America kill itself. That's what he said, basically, in Russia. Well, and that's yeah. basically what we said about Russia. I mean, you know. Um, well, Russia is a lot more powerful than people believe or know, even though their scientists don't make but $78 a month. I mean, and their school teachers don't make but about you know $28 a month. I mean, they they are very much more powerful and very much more visible on the global scene than people know about. Or people well, think. and it's because of Putin. I mean, he's former KGB. I mean, he's he's no idiot. He knows where all the bodies are buried because he buried most of them. Okay. Yes, he did. And let's let let's face another reality here, um, and that is, I mean, it, when you when you think about it, I mean, Putin announced this week sudden statement they were going to pull their troops and their planes out of Syria. Well, you know, all of a sudden they started pulling their planes out. What happened today? The uh, senator in the Russian parliament, who is chairman of their defense committee, said, oh, we're not pulling out. We're just withdrawing a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, this, this is a game that everybody's playing, okay? Um, and, um, you know, I found it very interesting that there was a press release today that America has finally discovered through our intelligence agencies that there is this corridor um, between um, 
um, what, what's Mosul in Iraq and a certain area of Syria where ISIS is funneling all of its weapons, its money, and its everything. And I thought to myself, how long have we been observing these people and we just discovered this? Well, now the CIA came out and said that we've been observing, but we haven't been allowed to act. I saw that interview. Uh, and the and the and the uh, commentator was very hard on this guy, and he said, "What do you mean? You're you're been observing? Uh, have you been participating in this?" He said, "I'm not allowed to say, but I will right. say that we have been observing. We're just we haven't been involved. We haven't been able to act. Now, whatever that means, I don't know. Well, it all gets down to." Um, the constraints that they that the military and the intelligence services have been put under for following certain protocols regarding um, their um, conduct of military operations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I I agree completely with some of the Republicans who say they need to take the lawyers off the military back and let them do their job. Um. Let me ask you, Tom, what do you think, and, and John also, I want to ask you, if Hillary Clinton is appointed uh, to this high office, what do you think that she will do for women as everyone thought that Obama was going to do for the African-American culture that didn't come uh, to fruition? And I'll, I'll, let, I'll start with you. Uh, but John, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to let John go in first. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I hadn't really given it much thought. I mean – Probably the same. So you think there's going to be – I mean, obviously, women are thinking right now, and I've talked to a lot of them, that if Hillary gets into office, that they're just going – their whole lives are going to change, and their wages are going to go up, and their <laughs> benefits are going to go up, and their lives are just going to change miraculously overnight. She's going to flip a switch, and everything's yeah. going to be hunky-dory, yeah. What do you think, well, Tom, uh, about I think that? that? I think it's a joke, Okay. I mean, we're getting ready to release our first Spanish video uh, for the campaign. I'm very proud of it, um, and it's all in Spanish. Um, and basically, the extent of the video says, you've been ignored by the Republicans, and you've been taken for granted by the Democrats. And that pretty much describes what has happened to the uh, African-American community, the Latino-American community, the women's community – the unions, uh, Democrats have taken these voting blocks for granted for years, and they give them a little bit, but they don't do anything distinctive that has altered their lives for the better. Yeah, And it's yeah. just so they get elected. That's the whole political process. Well, Mr. Politico, tell me what Mr. Kim Young-jung, Shapshui Shung is doing in North Korea. What's, what's he thinking at this point? Oh, that man is just a lunatic. <laughs> he's he's in his, he's in his he's in his late twenties. He's flexing his muscle. He's killing off people that oppose him. I mean, yes, he is right and left. left yeah, I'm telling you, right. And the Chinese have no longer any power over him because he is so unpredictable. Yeah, I'm of I'm of the opinion. I mean, now it's interesting. The the United States and the South Korean are doing their annual military exercises right now. Mm-hmm. But this is the first time that the military exercises have gone are, are scheduled to go on for six weeks. Normally, they last a week to two weeks. Yeah. This time, they're going on for six weeks. And Obama finally moved 
um, an aircraft carrier um, battle group into the South China Sea to put Obama. pressure on yeah to put China pressure on China. Yeah. But what we're discovering is that China no longer has the influence over Kim that they had over his father and his grandfather. Ah. It's unpredictable. Yeah, he's been they, he's been called a sociopath, a psychopath, a complete lunatic. I mean, he is complete. by his own by his own people. Well, and it's interesting when you do some research and you you discover what some of his professors uh, in Switzerland um, have said about him when he was studying. Okay, mm-hmm. um, they thought the guy was just loony from from the get go. <laughs> okay, and now he's he's in charge, and he, you know he's got these the, the, he's he's fired six. Um, short-range ballistic missiles in the last six weeks. Uh, And basically, he's just taunting everybody. He wants something to happen. Because let's face it, Seoul is within, I think, what is it, 68 or 72 miles from the North Korean border. Yeah, yeah. yeah, And they've got a million and a half troops sitting there waiting. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. you know, Donald Trump, as as John just pointed out, is anti-globalist. He wants to pull our troops out of North Korea, uh-huh. and um, he says we're not getting paid for it, and we're defending Japan, we're defending the Philippines, we're defending Korea, and we just need to bring our troops home and save the money and start building here at home. Well, that's the fastest way I know for North Korea to invade South Korea. Okay? Did y'all did y'all hear or read about that guy, just common guy that met with Kim Jong uh, and 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 had dinner with him and was invited over? To the palace, no common, common Joe from America here. Made Was friends that a college student? Who, yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't read that, but did, what, yeah. did, what did you well, find it was just out? Amaz- it was just amazing. It's what that movie was based on that they made a while back. It was a, uh, it was just amazing that some Joe, just common Joe, could 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 meet somebody that powerful and talk politics with somebody that powerful and uh it's just amazing to me you know we never know who we're going to meet in the in the in the the mix here you know well i mean i you know i never thought that i would get to meet not only the then prime minister of australia um bob hawk but i also met his successor um keating uh who was the, the finance minister and then i met the successive one um, uh, who was on the Labor wow. Party side, yeah. and I met all three of them in a single night, you know, and wow. I n- had no idea that I was meeting the then Prime Minister and the following two successors. I yeah. mean, you know, I, ne- you never know who you're going to meet. I mean, you know, I never knew that I was going to have the opportunity to actually ask a poignant question to George H.W. Bush when he was Vice President. I, mean, I, never, ha- I never had the idea that I was going to be mentored by a former special assistant to Ronald Reagan. I never had the idea that I was going to meet some of the people that I've had to meet or that I would like, like Kyler and I have discussed the very common everyday people who are trying to survive in this country, make paycheck to paycheck, barely make ends meet. And they have extraordinary lives and the things that they've said and done. And yet these people never get a notice or a, a mention and they, they're very extraordinary people, 
And I've been very blessed to have extraordinary people in my life, and I'm sure John and Kyler, you would agree. Oh, yes. I was going to let John plug his show. Uh, oh, John, John, plug your show, and uh, your MP3 is going to be playing in our network no matter what. So why don't you plug your show while you're here? Awesome. Great. Well, our show, uh, Brian Richards and my show is called the Who's the Boss? Oh, I like that. I think yeah. Um, yeah, we just kind of, we just kind of, we brainstormed and we came up with that name. And uh, uh, we're Mondays from 7 to 9 is when we're airing live. So, uh, and we'll figure out. What's the out show which, about? Uh, well, every week it's something different. I mean, we, we lean in an anarchist direction. So we kind of, you know, talk about things in that sense. And um, let's see, what did we do last, uh, this past Monday? Uh, gosh, I can't even remember what what was our topic. Because I've, I've been doing so much, i got this local discussion group, and so I can never keep it straight. But, um, yeah, that's how we, that's what we do anyway. We, um, oh, we were talking about the psychology of the candidates and, and of the, of the, fanatics or the in other words the constituents and sort of sort of psychoanalyzing that a little bit, you know, cursorily. Is is your is your show taped? Because I'd like to hear that one. I'll send oh, it to yeah, you. Certainly. It's okay. in my network. Yeah, I'll send I will it. I will have to listen to that because I would I would definitely be interested in what y'all what y'all discussed on that. Because let's face we it We have a very we have a very A D D show. We we do you know, digress quite a bit, but yeah, that was sort of our central theme anyway. What's your show going to be on Monday? Don't know yet. Oh, okay. Not sure. Not didn't mean to put you on the spot there. I have a local discussion group. I'm in the Finger Lakes, and and we do. Uh, I guess you know, do this together. When I was, well, I, I kind of took some college courses, and then I started a club, and then sort of left the college and kept the club. And, Does this uh, mean you're in Minnesota? No, no, Finger Lakes, uh, Western New York. Western New York, excuse me, okay. Yeah. Yep. What part of New York? And Canandaigua. Hmm, that sounds familiar. My grandparents have a farm in uh, Fairview, Pennsylvania, just outside of Erie. So I've spent some time in upstate New York. That sounds nice. Beautiful country up there. Okay. Yeah, we're going. We got, we got the wine too. That's the main industry. Oh, I know. Yeah. Welch's grape juice is up there too. Oh, Welch's, yeah, that's good stuff. I love Welch's grape juice. I started drinking that in church when I was growing up. We thought it was wine. It was Welch's hell. Well, when I was a little kid, my grandfather took me to one of the Welch's grape juice factories, and yeah. I was shocked to death when we went to the water fountain. It was it was it was white grape juice. <laughs> You know, you know, everybody has, uh, not everybody, <laughs> a few people have been talking about getting off the grid and moving out of this uh, U.S. corporation, United States corporation, and this is becoming a big issue around the country. And uh, we've assembled some very intelligent people. Uh, we're going to be doing a series on how to do that properly. Uh, so many people are doing it improperly disconnecting from contracts and disconnecting from the U.S. government corporation. 
United States Crown Corporation in D.C. Uh, we're actually showing people by UC codes uh, how to do that and why they should do that and how long it takes to do that. It takes two to three years to do all of these things. And I think that's going to be an interesting show because many, many people are starting to get very, very interested in how to disconnect from this corporation and still be able to survive and live and barter and, and make a some kind of a living. Well, so I'm curious, where in this country would you go to do that? Well, you can go anywhere and do that. That's what this, that's what this series okay. is going to be about. Uh, it's just that it's a very, very complex and it's a very complex and deep process that you have to go through uh, to do it right in the courts uh, and to be able to go up against the courts and go up against the police. You have to really know what the hell you are doing. And uh, there's a lot of uh, misinformation, disinformation going around out there with these so-called truthers that are teaching people the wrong way to do it. And they're getting them arrested. They're, they're staying in and out of court fines and jail time. So we're going to be bringing the real information to the forefront and talking about the pros and the cons of getting off the grid, getting out of contract with the U.S. corporation. Well, there are certain places in the outskirts of New Orleans, I can tell you where you get off the grid, the police won't bother you, but I wouldn't recommend it without armed support units. So. Oh, I wouldn't either. I've been down. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend it at all without armed support Algiers units. Algiers is a wonderful place. You know, hey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The police don't even go out there and listen to No, they don't. In the dirt. In the dirt supply. No, 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 no. Yeah. So what is coming up with the campaign, uh, Tom, right now? What do you got working on the next couple of weeks? Well, like I said, we're getting ready to release our first Spanish video. Um, everything is in Spanish. We, um, my publicist, Nick Whale, got me in contact with Paul P. Productions, who is a former Texan that has moved to Spain and is a very eloquent and affluent Spanish uh, speaker. So he translated everything into Spanish for us. So the entire video is written in Spanish and is vocalized in Spanish. Wow. Uh, so I and that's we've been working on that for the last week. Uh hopefully it's going to be out sometime uh if not by the end of this week then the first part of next week. So I'm very thrilled about that. Um and I was very pleased that Divine Magazine did an update on the campaign. I sent you a copy of that uh on your page and I appreciate you sharing it. Um but um basically we're just, you know, going along nicely um you know i'm anxious to see what happens with the conventions um and as i told you last week um anybody who wants to run for president as an independent boy let me tell you you need a staff and you need a lawyer uh and it's it's hard work um and it's i it, it was a bigger undertaking than i ever anticipated I've worked on 11 political campaigns, but I worked as a volunteer, and I was never on the inside of the campaign structuring. Um, but I have learned so much. I will be writing a book about it. Um, and um, so I doubt seriously if we'll be on many ballots um, uh, for November uh, because it's just a major undertaking. I'm doing it all by myself. Uh -huh. um, and the paperwork is phenomenal. Yeah. Um, you know, there are only six states out of the 44 that allow write-in ballots uh, that you don't have to submit any paperwork. 
the other 38 require volumes of paperwork. You've got to submit a letter of uh, intent. Uh, most of them require you to have a standing campaign committee with a treasurer. Uh, most of them require you to have a vice president candidate as well. Well, you know, I, I've declared that I'm not going to accept office if I win, so it's hard for me to find someone that wants to be vice president. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I doubt seriously if we will pass that criteria. And then for most of those uh, 38 states, you have to have a declared elector in every one of the congressional districts of each state. Yeah. So you've got to get people out there who will declare and be notarized as an elector for your campaign. And that is a massive undertaking. Um, but you know, I'm thrilled to death that our Facebook page um, in the last month has jumped 4,000%. Um, our website is continuously getting hits. Um, our press releases that we release every Monday started out getting 100, 150 clicks and is now regularly getting between 1,200 and 1,700 clicks um, notifications. I'm getting new friends on Twitter every day uh, from my tweets. Um, so, and our campaign videos are getting hits. We have over two, two dozen campaign videos out on YouTube on two different channels. Um, and uh, the update that Divine Magazine put out, we publicized this radio show with the APRI network. Um, and we publicized um, all of our links. We publicized um, the campaign portfolio, America Now, that you can download for free at americanow.com. Uh, com. Um, and our Spanish contact is going to be translating the entire book into Spanish for us. So. Last word on the Black Panthers and uh, the Muslims and uh, Black Lives Matter. How does all that combine? Well, you know what? Um, they have a right um, to say what, they, what they're saying because I, I do believe that there is systemic racism uh, in the criminal justice system, and part of that came about from uh, the enforcement of three strikes, you're out, um, and it limited the power of the judiciary um, to um, be judges anymore. It just systemized, you know, three strikes and you're gone. Um, and unfortunately, um, as the statistic shows, um, one out of every three black men in this country will be incarcerated. And this country has the highest incarceration rate of any country in the world. Do you think the refugees are going to create as much of a problem as everyone has anticipated? No, I think it's misinformation completely. Okay, so I wanted to get that on public record tonight. You do think that it's just uh, misinformation? I think it's a lot of misinformation. That doesn't mean that we shouldn't be diligent. We shouldn't be aware. Uh, but of all the countries where uh, the immigrants, uh, the refugees are going, mm -hmm. this country has the highest degree of protection as far as uh, vetting than any other country in the world. Now, that's mm -hmm. not saying that it's perfect because it's far from it. But when you consider what's happening in Europe, we're a hell of a lot better off. Mm -hmm. And this country has only accepted, I think it's 12, 1,257 
Syrian refugees over the last five years. Well, that's just what we know. That's what's on the books. That's, okay. what, that's what we know, exactly. But that doesn't mean, like, for example, the seven that were arrested in, um, what was it, Bermuda or Honduras uh, that had fake passports. It doesn't mean they're not going to try to get in. Um, but let's face it, Donald Trump's Great Wall of Trump isn't going to stop them. Uh, do you got, do you see that uh, ISIS has kind of fallen off the charts uh, because of the election? Have you noticed any decline in ISIS propaganda as I have? I have noticed a decline in ISIS propaganda, but I think it's because they're running their asses off trying to avoid Russian and coalition air airstrikes. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Iraqis have finally gotten their act together uh, and are, are pushing. But I think part of the problem with ISIS, you can never, ever underestimate their, um, their outreach. Um, and, I mean, and their inreach just, and their money that they have. I mean, we just had the bombing in Berlin today, mm-hmm. a car bombing in Berlin, and they still don't know if it was terrorist-oriented or not. Don't, so, I mean, you know, it's scary. Don't you think that these uh, militants could go about this a little bit differently than acting like a bunch of porch monkeys? Don't you think they could uh, approach this a little bit differently than the way they're approaching it? Well, of course they could, and they have, Kyler, because they have infiltrated the Internet better than any other terrorist organization in history. Okay, They've learned how to do that, and we certainly haven't put up much of a pushback on it. I mean, for all the Obama administration's talk about fighting them on the Internet, and they created this whole division in the State Department that was supposed to do with it. I sure as hell haven't seen anything. I don't know about you. What do you think about Obama sitting down with a militant group in the White House and all grins with a Black Lives Matter group that is so militant? Uh, Do you think he would be doing that with other white groups? We haven't seen that happen. Well, of course, for instance, at least not going to do that with other white groups. I mean, because I mean, they don't like him anyway. Uh, I think he's I think it's campaign season. He's trying to appeal to them to help Hillary get the -hmm. black vote on in 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 the Democratic pocket. Mm -hmm. But let's face it. I mean, Obama, I mean, God bless him. I mean, for all the hope and, and vigor of his campaign in 2008 and 2012. Um, you know, coming in, he hasn't helped the black community with unemployment or poverty. No, he's done nothing. He's done nothing. It's actually hurt them more. Um, And so, I mean, it's been a huge disappointment. And I think if the president were to be honest and were to admit off the record, he would admit that. I mean, he admitted on the record that he came in hoping to unite the country and he's done a piss poor job of doing that. What do you think um, about Hillary's pro-Islamic stance, and how is that going to help her with her campaign? Well, I think she's doing the right thing, going against Trump's completely anti-Islamic stance. However, I mean, I don't know, Kyler, if you've read my campaign positions on the uh, the Israeli-Palestinian situation, but my attitude was we should cut off aid to both of them until they get their Get decide to get their acts together. Well, in the real world, that's not going to happen, but I agree with you 100%. We cut off both of them until they sit down at the table and work this shit out. Um, But APAC won't let that happen, and I'm sure I'm going to be criticized as being anti-Israel, 
but I'm not far from it. But as long as you're supplying um, both sides, you're feeding, you know, you're feeding both of them, uh, and they're biting the hand that's feeding them. They're not going to sit down at the table. Uh, John, do you have any input on this? Um, not exactly. It's a little over my head, but I'm listening. Yeah, <laughs> hey, I want to thank John for co-hosting with me uh, when we did co-host. I felt like we were co-hosting. Maybe we weren't, but I felt like we were. And uh, I want to thank John for, for doing that. And I want to thank John for uh, considering uh, letting us use his MP3s to play in the APRI network. And I want to thank everyone tonight for listening to APRI and to Tom's take, Mr. Tom Euford, and I also want to thank Marion Pound, our producer, one of our senior producers, for putting all of this together with all of these different networks that we're simulcasting on now, which is a, a very complex uh, array of uh, technology that has to be brought together all in one place and make it sound so smooth on air. So, uh, Tom, if you want to carry us out of here, I know that you always like to get off on the hour. So, Yeah, because i got a busy day tomorrow, so... Um, John, I want to thank you for being on with us tonight, although I feel bad that Kyle and I kind of dominated the conversation. I hope you'll come back, and we'll give you more time. I guarantee it. But uh, I look forward to you. John's smart. He's learning. He's learning. He's, uh, John's a youngster. He's uh, Well, I call him a youngster because I'm 60 years old, but he's learning. He likes to learn. He listens a lot, and then he comes back and scares the hell out of you when he finally speaks up. Well, I'm going to try and tune into your show on Monday because I'm looking forward to hearing it. Um, but, Kyler, I want to say thank you. I want to say thank you to Miriam and your whole staff at APRI. You all do a wonderful job every week keeping this this boondoggle together because I know it is just a mess to try and keep all of the platforms in line and keep everything up and running. And God bless you all. I appreciate it. Um, thank you. But, this has been Tom's Take. I'm Tom Euford. I want to thank Kyler Davenport. John, I'm sorry I missed your last name. McGuire. John, I want to thank John McGuire for being on with us tonight. Tom's Take is every Wednesday night at 9 p.m. Central Standard Time or 7 p.m. Pacific here on APRI. And that's going to do it until next week. Thank we'll you for see joining you guys. us. Thank you all. We'll see you. Good night. Thanks, thanks John. Thank you. Give me a buzz, John. Okay, will do. Bye. Good night.